Hello, welcome to another episode of Pod Save Africa. Um, I have a wonderful guest on with us today. Her name is Iris Uwizeimana from Rwanda, and we are going to be discussing Rwanda, um, its its history, uh, its future, and its present. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy the uh, conversation. Say hi, Iris, to my guests. Hey, guys. All right. Um, so, Iris, uh, why don't you tell our guests a little bit about yourself so they know who you are? Uh, my name is Iris Ruzeimana. I currently study at IIT, yes. computer engineer. I'm just a freshman. Okay. And I've been here in America for two years. Else, I was uh, I lived in Rwanda for all, the rest of my life. Okay. All right. So, you were, I imagine, born either during or right after uh, the Rwandan genocide. I was born right after the genocide. Right after the genocide. So that's a very unique perspective, mm-hmm. and which is one of the reasons why I invited you here today. Mm-hmm. Um, so for our guests that don't know anything about it, I'm not going to try and explain it, but I'd like you to just like bullet points hit me with, um, you know, what what the ge- Rwandan genocide was. Uh, the Rwandan genocide was a 1994 genocide. It started yep. in April, on April 7th, and it was a genocide against the Tutsis because the government that was the current government in 1994 was Hutu based and they were scared that the Tutsis will take the government from them okay. so they tried to kill all of them to, oh, wow. yeah, to preser- preserve their power okay and I'm just looking at the news I was looking at the, some of the estimates and there's like 800,000 um, deaths associated with the event Yeah. 2 million people were displaced and this is a, what's the population of Rwanda right now I think it's 11.9 million. Okay, so that's yeah, oh, that's a, a huge chunk. That's yeah, that's tw- almost 20 percent of the population. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, given that you were born right after, what 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 kind of happened right after the? Right after, because two things were going on during that time. There's both a war and a genocide going on. The okay. war was against the Tutsis, but the no, the genocide was against the Tutsis. She's right. But the war was the RPF, the government right now, they're trying to invade the country and take the power because okay. they knew what was going on. So after that, after the, the reason the 1994 genocide ended was because the RPF managed to actually over, overthrow the power. Overthrow the government, right. The government. So things have been going better okay. after they took, the, took hold of the country because they banned the Hutu and, Hutu and Tutsi thing. Okay. So nobody can be called Hutus and Tutsis anymore. Oh, really? So you're not allowed to identify? No, you're not. Wow. When you do that, you're, you're jailed. You're jailed. Yeah, wow. It's, okay, it's really so I, I did have a question about which one you were, but we're going to not do that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't get you in trouble. Sorry. Um, so, um, now, speaking about after, you know, mm-hmm. Rwanda is almost the example country for the rest of African countries right now. Yeah. You guys have... You guys were named one of the most resilient economies in the world by World Bank, which is pretty amazing for an African country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you, you are, the, I think, the best country with the most women involved in politics, yeah. which is, you know, super progressive, way better than even the United States yeah, as far as, you know, women are, are, are significantly part of, you know, political decisions. Let me just ask really quickly about that, given, you know, you, you as a woman yourself, yeah. you know, how does that inspire your generation of people it makes us feel more equal because most of the parts of Africa, women's women are kind of second class. Yeah, second class. Right. 
and that segregation is not there in Rwanda. Male and women all equal okay. as long as you have an education. Huh. Actually, women are more important than men. Oh, really? You know, it's harder <laughs> for them to get whatever they want because uh-huh. they're considered their, the family, the like, the pillar of the family. Okay. So they know most of the men uh, in the past in Rwanda, the women were considered just house households, if I can say. Hmm. Yeah, they just took care of the house and. They didn't really have a job, right. but eventually they they fought for their rights, if I can say. Okay. And because we have a really strong and powerful first lady. Yes. So she encouraged the woman. Kagame's wife, right? Yeah, Kagame's okay. wife, Janet Kagame. She's she's really empowering, and she she started up with this organization. I don't remember the name of the organization, but it That's helps fine. ladies in high schools and primary school to achieve their best. And okay. They actually give give them incentive to pursue school by scholarship through scholarships and other other gifts such okay. as laptops huh. so like it, it really, they really empower so that's people. that's like a focused of you know focused activities by a first lady mm-hmm. um that to, to actually empower women that's that's mm-hmm. fantastic um now kind of reeling back to the genocide mm-hmm. um how you know given something so bloody between two factions two tribes mm-hmm. Something that you know happens, you know, at different scales in Africa all the time. Mm-hmm. Nigeria fought a civil war, also along mm-hmm. tribalistic lines. You know, many mm-hmm. other countries have had similar things, mm-hmm. and you know, those things still pose problems in many African, African countries. countries. You know, yeah. there's still those divisions. Mm-hmm. My first question: I have two questions. This is two mm-hmm. part. Um, first of all, does do those divisions still exist, even despite the fact that people aren't allowed to identify? And second of all. You know, other than the fact that people aren't allowed to self-identify, what other things were done to kind of bring people together? Together, or right. to begin with, I'd like to clarify that Hutus and Tutsis weren't tribes. Okay. They're actually it was you know how the European used the divide to conquer huh. type of mythology to yes. rule Africa as part of colon- yeah, colonization. Colonization. Right. So Hutus were middle class and Tutsis were upper classes. Huh. There's a Twa which was the really really low class. Okay. But they saw that because. We were first colonized by the Germans, and they yes. had no problems with that. But when the the Belgian came, came Rwanda was struggling to get independence, okay. and they didn't want that. So they thought they thought the best way to divide them was to use those, and they decided that if you had less than ten cows, you were Hutu. If oh, you wow. had more than ten cows, you were Tutsi. Normally, wow. kings and queens weren't Hutus or Tutsis, but mm-hmm. they decided that whether you're king or queen or you're part of the royals, right. you're also a Tutsi. Huh. And if you had you had no cows at all, you were Twa. Oh, so wow. that's what they did, and that's why they kept on introducing the hatred in the right. So this was manufactured hatred. Yeah, that was manufactured wow. hatred. Wow. So that's why I, I really like to, clarif- to clarify that because people think that Hutus, Tutsis, and Twas were tribes, but they're not. Because huh. you can you be from it. the... Yeah, it was nobody really knows about it, but right. that's the thing. Because you can be from the same... We have tr- not really tribes, but it's kind of like tribes. They're okay. like families. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a family. Right. Yeah, but you can be Tutsis and Hutu and come from the same part of the tribe. Really? Which proves that, yeah, there's no so difference. So it wasn't that it was a tribalistic, wasn't it was, that they spoke different languages? No. These were pretty much just stratif- like it social stratification. Yeah, wow. it was. Wow, that is, <laughs> that is crazy. That is, crazy. That is, that is, that is, and that eventually leads into, you know, things like the genocide. Huh. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the second, the second part of that question, mm-hmm. you know, how, how did they, yeah, how they bring it? people together, yeah. 
I think banning it really helped because when you consider the Hutu and the Tutsi, when you're given that name, then right. you have that load on you that you're this, ty- this type of person and right. this person is different from you and which makes it a difference. Because normally there was segregation, you know how in America there was this black and white segregation? Yes. Where blacks weren't allowed to take this type of buses. Yes. They weren't allowed to do anything that the white people could do. Right. Before the genocide, it was the same thing, it was mm. Hutus and Tutsis segregations, but Hutus had more options to go to classes, to go to schools, to good schools. They had. The buses were really the same thing. You, anybody could go in the bus because they can identify you. Right. They by can't tell. Looking right. At you. And the language is also the same. So, but they they got better things, better schools, better everything. But now that they banned it, you can't really differentiate who's who because there's right. no differentiation. So, huh. I know some old people. I guess some old people still have that uh, belief that uh, a segregation between okay. Hutus and Tutsis because they're born and raised like that. Okay. But people who actually experienced the genocide and saw the bad thing about it right. know the effect of segregation. So most of the people, it actually came from their hearts because they knew what it will what, do to people. What the worst-case scenario looks like. What the worst-case scenario looks like. Right. So they decided to stop doing that because they're all family. It's, mm. not, it's not like they're different tribes. They have the same languages. They have the same ancestors. Mm. So they decided that segregation is just ruining their economy, ruining their lives. So right. some people decided by themselves to actually stop. And people who still had this, that ma- ma- mentality mm-hmm. were jailed. Because really? most of them were extremists, and we don't need extremists in and our the, country. Right. So sp- speaking about that, actually, mm-hmm. just going on extremists, um, uh, uh, I was looking at the news prior to this conversation, and I saw that quite a few people are still being jailed for you know crimes during the genocide. genocide yeah. Um, you know, is are those you know painful reminders, or you know, how is that experience for you know people? in your country, you know, when you hear somebody did this during the genocide, oh, yeah. how does that feel? How does that affect the society? It feels horrible, especially for us youngsters who are in there, to think that a person you know, a person of your family or a friend from your a friend from your family did that, especially right. when you don't know so it affects you and it scares you because you don't know what you don't trust old people as much as you, st- you trust young people because you don't know what they did and, or who they are. Huh. Even though the discrimination, the segregation is not there, right. you can't really tell. So when you, say, when you hear that, oh, this person used to do that, you're scared of it. But for grown-ups, they're, they're trying to make an enforcement to forgive and f- not really forget, but forgive and continue to like build your country together. Right. So there's a lot of extremists. There's still a lot of extremists, but the thing they try to do is some actually regret it or they say they regret it and some don't. So huh. they, they're trying to, wow. yeah. So the people who regret it and admit they regret it and admit they did something wrong, they're, they're, they pass through kind of a rehabilitation. Okay. And if the country or the government actually do think they regret it, then they'll give them a free trial to just get out of jail and help the families they actually uh, hurt. Okay. But people who don't regret it are still in jail because they don't want I mean, a killer. There's no remorse, yeah. right? And and right. It, there seems to be, from what I'm understanding, kind of a whole support system about around those events and, and you know making sure people recover from that mm-hmm. as a society. Yeah, they do. They had a thing called what was it called? I don't remember. It wasn't really a court. A co- it was kind of a court, but okay. it wasn't really a court because it was done in the in the neighborhood. Okay. Because everybody know knew who did what, 
So oh, the people wow. who knew, because they were there to experience they it. Saw, they, they saw, saw the it. They saw it. Yeah. So the people who knew what happened actually gave names, mm-hmm. and they had to testify. More people had to test, testify because if you're telling me you know this person did something, and okay. the person is telling me they didn't, then you, we need more people to testify. To, to testify. So almost like informal courts to resolve within communities. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now let's let's shift a little bit to new age Rwanda now mm-hmm. now and you know see what's what's going on. Mm-hmm. So Kagame has been president for how long now? Since two thousand and he was officially president in two thousand and three. Two thousand and three. So that means what thirteen? 13 fourteen years. years. Fourteen years. 14 years. Yeah. All right. So now you know, like I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. you know, you guys have had a fantastic. Uh, you know, growth as a nation, you guys' economy is stronger, more resilient, um, it's more diverse, there's more empowerment, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, a lot of that, a lot of people attribute to Paul Kagame. How would you say he's done from your perspective? From my perspective, I think he's a good president. He's okay. so far been a good president because the economy has greatly boosted. Right. Women are empowered. There's a lot of things going on in Rwanda. Okay. He banned the death sentence, which I think is a good thing. Cause, oh. Yeah, you don't have to... I don't think people have the right to kill a person. Okay. I think that's only a right reserved to God. So it's Fair good enough. that he, he banned it. Right. You can live your whole life in jail, but there, there's no life sentence anymore. Right, which is probably good, especially given... The Even the genocide. events that happened, right? Because life sentence means killing is legal. Is is okay, yeah. yeah. Which is a good thing. That's a really good thing he did, and he is actually the one who banned that segregation. Okay. Which is really good too, because he was looking afterwards, like the future of Rwanda, and noticed that if the segregation is still there, then things will still be as worse as they were before. Okay. So that's a good thing he did. He's a really good president, but. Honestly speaking, I don't like the fact that he's stayed for so long. For so long. All right, now that was. Yeah, that's that's dictator. That's how dictatorship starts. Yeah, so that that is literally the next question I was coming to. Yeah. Um, You know, thirteen years is longer than the typical term for you know most most democracies, Mm -hmm. but I usually find that there are two arguments here. Mm -hmm. One one argument being that you know countries like ours, African countries, need more stable and more long-lasting power bases. Mm-hmm. Not permanent, I, I'm not saying everybody should go and be Robert Mugabe, but, yeah. you know, so stable, you know, a little longer or some ways longer so people can get jobs mm-hmm. done because our the, the goal, the idea is that our presidents have more work to do than, you know, what the typical president of a first world country would have. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other argument I see sometimes is that, you know, hey, you're president, you've been president for, you know, eight for 12 years mm-hmm. why hadn't you prepared somebody to yeah. do the job isn't that an onus on your leadership so where would you th- say most people kind of fall in Rwanda or, or people your age that you talk to most people fall on the first on the uh, first example where right they say that because the, the country is still unstable so they want a ruler that a would governor be. that will be strict and okay. know what they're doing which I think it's understandable because Rwanda is still a young government yeah, and that's we're true. still growing and we don't want another president to come and reverse the progress we made and then right. make it to go back to perils which will be really bad. Yeah. But then, I don't that's that's where I differ from most of the people because hmm. I think that then we wouldn't really develop if we let him dictate the country for that long because he's a good person but everybody has their vices Yeah. and as as 
as you get used to the government, uh, the more laid back you become. Yeah, the more. And, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like if he had more competition, then he'll be. I he's mean, on his toes. Yeah, right. he's on his toes, and he's actually doing more things. And he's a good president, but I I believe Rwanda can do more than what it's doing. Okay. And I believe that he won't leave forever. Nobody yeah. knows what will happen today or tomorrow. Sure. So I'm like, what if something happened and we don't have a president anymore and nobody else is prepared to, to take hold of his position? Hmm. You have to think about it. That's why I think that he should actually prepare other people to replace to, to him yeah. just in case because he won't live forever. He won't last forever. Right. And Randis have to not notice and think about what will happen post Kagame because even though he's been a good person, he's been a good president, we'll so, need more people like him or better right, than him. Right. Yeah. So and then, you know, not having somebody else also removes the possibility of somebody else better than him coming. Better along. than him coming. Right. I mean some people are the flip side of that is that somebody worse than him may yeah, come that's also possible. But um, you know, it's it's just an interesting debate. Both on, you know, maybe government structure needs to be different versus, you know, hey, you know, you should be readying somebody else. Yeah. If you're a leader, part of your job is to cultivate a group of leaders who can okay. also do the same job. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, part of part of a lot of the, the government's um, innovation, it seems to be in, in, mm-hmm. in, in correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. uh, for development of infrastructure and all of the above has been collaborating heavily with China. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, what are your thoughts? Let me just... I like some parts because China is a really developed country. That is and correct. It's done. It's, it's one of the most powerful country in the world. That is correct. And us collaborating with China, make the country, the president by himself wants to, he wants to lead the path. He wants to follow China Chinese path. Okay. He's huh. like they're, they're they're communists. They're more communist than capitalists, which I think he's trying to do too. Mm-hmm. So he's trying. He he focuses on economy and development of economy. But he doesn't like media coming into the government. Ah, uh, I see. Which is, it's, it's, it's good. Following, following China's path is somewhat good because their economy has, is really prosperous. But yeah. it has its negative sides because the government rules everything and owns everything. Hmm. They don't have free speech, if you can see. Yeah. Which is not entirely the same thing in Rwanda because I like the fact that we can use social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Which is good. Which is really good, but... TV wise, we just have one national television. Oh, state controlled media type. State controlled media, right. which is not good. Yeah. Because I feel like freedom of speech is one of the greatest things we'll need in life. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, if you take into consideration Venezuela, that doesn't have any type of freedom freedom of speech. Right. I was talking to a friend that comes from Venezuela, and she told me that Venezuela is in peril. The economy is really doing right. badly. Yeah. And 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 nobody really knows about it because there's no media. There's, there's not. Yeah, and yeah. you know, I've I've kind of sorry. I'm I'm the I'm the guy who likes to listen to all the news. Nobody yeah. else is listening to. But you know, yeah, Venezuela is almost a perfect example for what African countries should not do. Should not do. Right. So. Yeah. So that's definitely a, a good comparison to 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 uh, pick up. Now let let's tilt forward even to the future yeah. mm-hmm. of Rwanda. So. You know, a lot of things are going very well now. Mm-hmm. First of all, how do you think that can be sustained? And what are the things you are excited about that you think are going to happen over the next years or decades? Right. Um, the thing I like the most about our country is we're really patriotic. 
So everybody that I've mm. met that live here, you know how most of the African people wants to want to stay here in America? Yeah, but most of the Rwandis, yeah, quite a few people want to stay here. Right. But most of the Rwandis ch children I met from here in America, they want to go back and actually build a country. And the reason they came here is to get Learn, right. knowledge and huh. go back to build the country, which I think is good for our country because nobody else can develop our country except for ourselves. Right, and he's, you um, know, the president's creating that atmosphere that people want to go yeah. back, right? Uh, yeah, he's creating a really good at atmosphere for everybody okay. to live peacefully, which makes, which incentivizes more people to actually want to come back to the country and actually build the country. Okay. Which is good. I mean, there's some negative parts of it, because Rwanda is still, though it's, it's developing, it's not, it's not a, as a speak yet. Yeah. So people tend to stay here. Because uh, the life is more comfortable. Life yeah. is more comfortable. <laughs> yeah. But what I like about President Kagame is he gives hope that Rwanda will be better, hmm. that we will improve, which makes us feel like even though the economy is not as good as we want it to be right now, right, it'll get better and we'll make it better. Huh. Yeah, which wow. is good. But the only the other the other problem I have is still the fact that the. I'm I'm afraid that they will become an addictive. Yeah, because all this rule forever, right. and dictatorship is not good for any it country. Really isn't. And that scares me a little bit because I'm like, if it becomes a dictatorship, then it's risking. It's Rwanda is risking to not develop as it is, but right. like sink back to what, where it came from. On back on its burdens, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I think more the only problem that's hindering us right now is people are thinking more of engineering over economic or business and not a lot of people are thinking of politics hmm. and like my majoring in like government policy policies, and policies kind of things, right. related things which we'll need for a country because with a bad government there's nothing you can really build any engineering related to that is true yeah you can build the economy which I think might be bad for the future, but I don't know everybody though. Hopefully, there's somebody right there that's actually that's preparing to preparing to, to be okay. the next president. Great. Why don't yeah. you get a politics? Thing? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. No, um, so right. So I guess you know my final question is rehashing that. You know what? What are you excited about for the future of Rwanda? What things should you not just you, but we ask fellow Africans looking mm -hmm. on, be excited at, you know, as far as this nation that's kind of leading the way in development. Mm -hmm. um, what should we excited, be excited about? I think we should be excited about the heights Rwanda's economy will reach to, because okay. it develops daily, daily, on a daily basis, and okay. everybody says it. And I'm excited to see Rwanda in the upcoming 20 years, because I'll now be way better than it is now huh. based on what it was in 1994 it was fair enough it was it greatly developed and i think it still has the chance to develop greatly even more, right. even more. maybe it'll be like india india is one of the most developing countries and, and yes that is yeah. that is absolutely correct and that would be fantastic to see um hopefully many of our other countries can emulate that um mm -hmm. and that that is it for my questions thank you yeah. so much for speaking with me iris i really enjoyed this and i yeah. hope the, i hope and i'm sure a lot of our listeners um gained a lot from this conversation thank you so much and have a wonderful day um this is akin uh, i can't do idea really from pod save africa uh thank you for listening and have a wonderful day
Tipo